Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church. And I just want to personally thank you for listening to our podcast. And I also want to invite you wherever you are around the country or in the Tampa Bay area to join our digital online campus at centerpointfl.org. And here's what you need to know. Our vision is to create an alternative to church as usual for all people. And all that means is, regardless of whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, you're new to faith, you're investigating faith, or you don't even know what you believe, our goal is for you to feel like you belong, even if you never believe. And so thank you again for listening, and I hope today's message encourages you and helps you. For some of you, in a lot of ways, that's your story, right? Uh, their story is your story. In fact, I just know from many that I talk to you online, you're in the house today, it's, I can't imagine where my life would be or where my student would be. And the question that I always ask is, what about your kid, maybe adult kid that's walked away from the church a decade ago? Or what if it's a son or a daughter um, that's in your home? What if it's a parent that just struggled with doubts and don't know if they can ever return to faith? Or what if it's a family member where their marriage is hanging on by a thread and they're struggling and there's dysfunction and they, like so many people, feel like the church is the last place that they can go with that dysfunction? Or what if it's your neighbor who, honestly, like there is some kind of openness to Jesus, but they have been so hurt and traumatized by the church and other Christians that they'll never step foot in the church again? And my question just for us as a church is always to just ask the question and get you to imagine. Imagine for them for a second. Imagine for them a church that really is the safest place in the world for anybody who's struggling with anything, including them with their story and their background. That they, they could find a place where they came and somebody didn't try to just fix them as a project, but actually loved them toward healing. Like imagine for that person or those people that come to the forefront of your mind, and most of us have those, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, that, that they experience the church as welcoming, accessible to every single person imaginable. Not just people that we deem as okay in church world with our checklist, but every single, and welcoming accessible doesn't mean just that you get a seat, right? It means you get to play a part because that's how you reconnect in relationship or connect in relationship with Jesus or, or imagine for them a church that really was a church that was diverse, multiculturally, multiracially, multi-ethnically, multi-generationally, where people from all walks of life, not one segment of culture, not this homogenous just kind of like country club thing, but all walks were seen and heard because you guys know this, right? The message of Jesus is for the world, for God so loved the world. Or imagine for them for a second that, that they really could, there was a church that it was progress at your pace. And rather than walking in the door and getting a veiled, you know, you're welcome, but then here's the list of seven things, you know, get your junk together or, you know, here's behavioral modification crammed down your throat that they actually instead experience community. They experience family. And this is a crazy idea. And that was the thing that actually inspired them to follow Jesus. Or, or what if like you imagine a church for that person or, or those people that you know about where the church for them and a culture where the church is anything but known for this was known for loving their neighbor radically, radical generosity, rather than like what they, who they vote for political party, the latest crap that they're boycotting and evangelicalism or all the stuff they're against. But instead the church, imagine the church for them that was known for loving their neighbor, every neighbor from every side, every walk of life, every background. And so I just want to say all that to say that is the church that you are creating. 
And specifically, if you are like involved in this blood, sweat, tears, you serve, you give, like you're in the trenches, I just want to say to you for a second, if you're online today, seriously, with all the sincerity, thank you for what you are created. This is a microcosm. This is a small segment of the lives that you are changing, but it is significant. And in a culture where more and more a church like that is unique, you're doing something really, really special. And you're reaching people literally that nobody else is reaching in our community. And it's been our, our whole goal from the very beginning, unapologetically, that we were gonna set out to create a different kind of church. A church that would be, as we put in our language, an alternative to church as usual for all people. And when we meant all people, there was no just, you know, qualifiers. It was really all people. In fact, the guiding verse for our church, and by the way, I'm not gonna preach a message, so chill. Like, I'm gonna be quick and I'm gonna be done, okay? Um, so one time, you can, in fact, I'm just giving you one verse today, so you're welcome. But they're like the first big church dispute in Acts, which tells the 30-year history of the church after the resurrection, they had this big dispute. And the whole dispute was around how inclusive should the church should be? Who should we let in? Like how, like how open should we be? Like how confident are we that we don't have to lean into behavioral modification? Jesus can change any heart in any life. Like how, how much do we believe that? And in the middle of one of these meetings, James gets up and he makes this profound statement that should be the marching orders for the church in every generation. It's been a guiding verse for us because here's what he says when all of them are arguing back and forth. He just gets up in the middle of the meeting. He's like, listen, here's what we need to do. Do not make it difficult. For in their context, Gentiles, or in our context, do not make it difficult for people who are what? Turning to God. In every generation, in every community, in every city, or basically, make it as easy as possible for people to say yes to Jesus. In fact, the, the biggest barrier for the church should not be all the stuff they're against, or here's the 13 rules, or here's the latest thing that we boycotted, or it should be the biggest barrier for the church should be somebody else's decision of whether they're going to say yes to Jesus or not. Everything else, honestly, is peripheral. That's the thing. And we set out from the very beginning to create a church like that where we would make it easy for people to say yes to Jesus, and you're doing that. And I just want to say in a couple minutes that we believe with everything in us that this is in some ways strategically our time as a church to make a generational impact on this city and this community. In fact, for us as a church, at least over the next year, there's some potentially historic things coming for us as a church that are massive. And I don't know if you know this, but we have some of the most exceptional volunteers that you'll find anywhere. We have over the last couple of years, by God's grace, no overstatement, some of the best marketplace and educational leaders that have joined our staff and taken massive pay cuts to do it because they so believe in what God is going to do through this city. And that for whatever reason, God has given us a unique stewardship of a unique vision and ability to reach people that nobody else is reaching in our area. There's not many churches where people walk in active ag atheists and agnostics and eventually begin a relationship of following Jesus and you're doing that on the regular. And we believe that God has incredible things up ahead for us. In fact, we're a part of a church network called ICN, Irresistible Church Network. It launched out of Atlanta and North Point and a mentor of mine, Andy Stanley, and we're a part of that church of creating churches like this around the country. And I'm a part of you know, leadership teams and we're heavily involved as a church with them. And so recently I invited some of that leadership team in to go, hey, there's a verse called in Proverbs that says wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And so I just said, hey, I want your eyes. Do you see what we see in terms of the potential and the opportunity of what God's doing here in this city? And what they said back to me, some of legitimately the greatest leaders in the country in terms of ministry said, hey, I, th I think that you guys have uniquely been given an opportunity to impact an entire region where you're at. 
And then they said this, and I, I will not forget that. I shared this with our staff several months ago. They said, make sure that you steward it well. And so our whole goal is to steward what God is doing through us well, believing that honestly, there is incredible things up ahead to reach some people nobody else is reaching, but we need every single CC. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't have to do any of this. But my hope is this is actually an incredible day for you to be here because my hope is you'd get a little glimpse of what we hope the church would be for you. But if you're a CC and you're a part of this, our hope is that you would imagine a church with us because it is so easy to like be impacted, do the deal, follow Jesus, that was incredible. And then within a couple of years, you just kind of forget and becomes insulary. In every church, the gravitational pull is inward and you start forgetting about all of the people on the outside who've never experienced what you experienced. So that we would imagine continuing to create a church like this and that every CCR would engage. And I wanna encourage you to engage around four things real quick and I'm gonna be done. The first one is over this next year, my my challenge for you as a follower of Jesus and CC is that you would invest and invite somebody. And for many of you, it would be more than one somebody. That, that every baptism story just about, every student's life who's rearranged, every marriage that's reconciled, people who come for the first time and have new eyes to go, I didn't know church could be like this. Almost always, like 80% of the time, they were personally invited by somebody. In fact, generally somebody's personal relationship with Jesus or reigniting a relationship with the church begins with a relationship with one of his followers. And come on, we live in a cultural moment where there's a lot of Jesus followers that look nothing like Jesus. You have an incredible opportunity in your city. And so I wanna encourage you to invite. And it doesn't have to be a hard invitation. It is, my life may still be a mess. I don't know a lot. I, you know, John said, I keep getting the Joseph mixed up. I don't, I don't even know. But I'm just telling you, something different is happening in your usual church experience. Maybe it hasn't been good. You need to come and see. So over this next month, honestly, you have an incredible opportunity. Thousands are gonna show up on Saturday for Winter Wonderland. This is an incredible opportunity to connect with people, but it's an incredible opportunity to reach our city and community. All throughout our Christmas series and Christmas Eve services is an incredible opportunity to, to invite other people. Let's think outward. Let's not think like a country club church. This is not about us. And so I wanna encourage you to invest and invite. And come on, can you imagine if every CCer did this over the last year, the multiplication of these stories that we'd see that we would get to be a part of? Invest and invite. Second thing I wanna encourage you to do unapologetically is that you would financially be generous to your church if you call this your church. And if you don't, you're like, ah, oh, I don't, you know, bad experience, all the churches want is your money. If I had experienced what you experienced, I'd probably feel the exact same way. So here's what I'd say. You can come here your entire life and never give a dime. And guess what we'll do? We'll just keep investing in your family. We'll just keep anchoring the gospel in the heart of your kids. We'll just keep being there if your marriage falls apart. We will do everything we can to help you thrive in a relationship with Jesus because it's not about that. But we as followers of Jesus get the privilege to be a part of this movement and this message to the world. I mean, Jesus was so clear. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. And wherever your heart is, your treasure is. That what you care about, ultimately you invest in. And one of the things that last year I'm so grateful for is we had 261 people for the first time began to give financially, which is an incredible thing. But I'll just be straight with you, we're growing faster than our finances can keep up. And so we need people to step in. And if you're one of the hundreds, like my family and others who've given, who've invested consistently, I just wanna say again, with all the sincerity, thank you for what you are doing. Because every single one of those stories of life change, you become a permanent part of that story forever. You are a part of making that happen. So I just wanna challenge you over this next year, what I talk about all the time. In fact, I gave you a challenge a few weeks ago. Pick a plan, pick a percentage, make it a priority. Pick a plan, I'm gonna support my local church financially, 
Pick a percentage so that it is consistent generosity. It's not just you, you know, you're surprised at the end of the year and then give it as a priority. It is seek first living and watch what God does. I, I challenge you to take God's here. For some of you, you're just getting started out. So just like give up a couple Starbucks and an Amazon package and just go, I'm gonna invest in this. And I'm gonna watch what God does over this next year. And here's the last thing I wanna say on the subject. We have some historic things coming up for our church. Bradley kind of mentioned it, but in our CC Kids environment, like right now, as I'm speaking, we're at 80% capacity every single week. And even when we're like 70 or 60 here, depending on the week, we're still filled up over there. We are at about a 45 to 60% kids to adult equivalent, which is double the national average. We're reaching so many young families. We are out of space. If you're a small group leader who's been in a small group with 25 kids, you know what I'm talking about. That is not a small group. That's a big old class that is not manageable. And we're running out of space. There's been times where we're at 90% capacity. And so it, like it's an issue. And then in adults, we're increasingly moving in that direction. We actually moved into this facility full-time in 2020. And now as things have begun to kind of normalize after the pandemic, we are beginning to fill up again. And there's many weekends we're at 80% plus in our adult services. And if you know anything about facilities, that's the magic number. You get there and it starts to become crisis. And over this last year, certain Sundays, we're up a several hundred people year over year. So extrapolate that out over the next couple of years. We have a big problem. So here's our solutions. There's two, and we can kind of choose which one we want to do. The first solution to our space problem is stop inviting people. So just forget number one, stop inviting them. It's too much of a headache. And if you would stop, it would be less stress on our staff. And stop inviting them and having them love our church. It's just too much, specifically in the kids' environment. In fact, drop kids off at another church with more space and you come, but it's too much. So that, we could, that was the first option we came up with in our brainstorming, just stop inviting people. So ignore number one. But that's not a good option. Then the second option, which I think is a better option, is we have to create more space. And so we have initial plans to create more space. We've been working on it for years. We've gone through like multiple iterations of this, trying to get the most economical because we're not a church that's into building buildings. We're into building people's lives. And that's not a cliche, it's true. So how can we be as economical as possible? So we have an initial plan that we hope to start this next year to um, expand and build out our kids' space because we will, it's already tough. We will be at crisis mode a year from to today. Just mark it down. And we know we're moving quickly at that in terms of adults. So we have another plan that we've worked years to try to figure out because we didn't want to build another building to actually retrofit this space with stadium seating and double, ultimately double the capacity. And so all that to say, the other thing I want to consider for, consider for some of you is a year-end gift. And year-end gifts have nothing to do with this year. It has everything to do with how we launch next year. And our hope is to get this to initial blueprints to be able to present to our church sometime first, maybe second quarter of next year. And so a year-end gift will go a long way into us being able to make that happen. If you're a business owner, you've got donor-advised funds, this might be the thing that you're looking for. But consider giving a year-end gift. And then for the rest of you, consider being a planned percentage priority giver this next year. And last thing, I think I said, this is the second time I've said last thing on this, but last thing on this, now move on. We think a lot of the church in terms of like intervention, right? Somebody's life's falling apart, the church intervenes. I think we're good at that as a church. We do that all the time. But what we need to begin to realize is the church needs to also be about prevention, not just intervention. 
And when you give, they plan percentage priority giver, not just spontaneous, when you feel it like consistent, like my family, over 10%, I'm not asking you to do that. That's just what I've done or what I was taught to do. I give it first and God has blessed so many times and it, there is nothing greater than being a part of those stories of life change. But when you do that, it creates a generosity stream that allows us to not just focus on intervention, but prevention. Have you ever thought about the fact that we get the chance to keep some marriages from getting to the place where they're hanging on by their last thread? that we get a chance to invest in students maybe before they get to that place where they are knee deep in depression and in a place where they're not sure if they have any worth. That we're able to anchor the truth of Jesus in the heart of a kid that maybe they avoid some of the church trauma that you experience. We're not just about intervention, we're about prevention and we get to be a part of that when we give. So I wanna encourage you, invest in a fight, give financially to your church if you're a part of this. And the last year, I'll go quick. I want every CCer to volunteer as a bridge builder if you believe in this. Every CCer volunteer somewhere. And, and you've heard me say this for years. We, we talk about bridge builders because I hate, maybe that's too strong a word, but I hate when people are like, oh, I'm just a volunteer. No, you're not. You are a conduit for the power of God. That there is nobody that just volunteers. I mean, you heard the story earlier about in the parking lot. This dude's risking his life every week to park cars. It's a big deal. But seriously, we, I've said this for years, but I'll tell you, we don't just park cars here because you can't park, though some of you can't park. What we do out in the parking lot is we're actually, we're answering the one question that everybody is answering in our, our culture, and that is, do you care? Do you care? Do you care? And we're answering that long before a message is preached on the stage. We answer that in the parking lot when a car drives. We do not just get together in community groups and have refreshments and bad coffee. That's not what that's about. We get into community groups because we are letting marriages know in those contexts, it is not over for you. We're anchoring the heart of somebody who's deep in addiction or, or just feels like God has no plan for their life. It's in the context of community where they begin to experience God work in their life. That's what community groups are about. And come on, we do not tolerate students here. You've heard me say this. It's too many churches tolerate students. We invest as much money and staff as we can in students because we are raising up a generation of culture shapers. In a culture where so many students are leaving the church, not on our watch. And we're not babysitting kids. If you wanna babysit a kid, go somewhere else and volunteer. If you wanna volunteer, we don't babysit kids. We anchor the gospel of Jesus in their heart. And they may not see how big a deal that is. They might see it at 25 when suddenly it goes off the rails. And that anchor of God's love is relentless. It is unending. It never runs out. That was anchored in them by a small group leader 15 years before maybe the thing that sustains them. That's what we do. And I want every CCer to be a part of it. We're gonna change this community. We need you to play your part. Paul said it this way. You're an indispensable part of the body of Christ. I don't care how old you are, what you think you lack. You are a prime candidate for what God wants to do. And you know what I love is going, because nobody knows what anybody does as a day job around here. I love going around knowing people's stories and seeing people in circles with little kids and their CEOs and their teachers and principals and their single moms and they're entrepreneurs, and they're people that are doing things that you would never imagine that are stooping to the level of sitting with elementary kids and investing in their life. And they're busy people just like everybody, but they see the value in what God, can you imagine the impact if everybody did that? You can go to the app, volunteer, but I'm hoping over this next year, you'll take the step. And then lastly, my hope, my heart for you is that you would take a significant step to grow your faith over this next year that you would not spend another year, and it's easy, like I, I, it's so easy for me to do this. You wouldn't spend another year just hoping, believing, intending, 
feeling something, but then never actually growing your faith. And come on, church people are notorious for this. We come to a service, we sit in the seat, we have a song that we like, and we feel all these feelings, and, which is a whole nother thing, and we intend to do stuff, and we believe it, and we're convicted, and, but we never do anything. And so I wanna encourage you specifically around community groups, which I think is the best context to grow in your faith, to get into a community group, to get into a growth group, or a short-term community group, whatever it is, we have a, a bunch of options. And we've grown so much over this last year, but we still have hundreds of people not connected. You'd get into a group, and here's what I know. You have a ton of friends, I get that. But for most of you, and I, I'm confident in saying that, you need some, from, some friends in a context that really share your vision and values for where God wants to take your life. And I think this is where it happens. And I get it. It is uncomfortable. And the nature of uncomfortable is it is uncomfortable. And comfortable is comfortable. But the reality is that you do not grow in comfort zones. By definition, faith must be stretched to grow. And so I get it. You're busy. You got 300 kids. You're you know, single and you're hustling hard. You got school. You, all of us are busy and got stuff. I, I just say this with confidence. You should rearrange your life. You should, you should quit some stuff. You should make this a priority and you should watch what God does in the process. And our hope, thank you. No, I'm gonna let that play out for a second. Thank you for that one courageous person. And come on, our hope is that, that church friends would become best friends. And for a lot of us who've been a part of this, that's true for us. And we have a lot of, I have a lot of friends outside the church. I think that's healthy. My best friends are church friends, man. We do life together. We, we share the same values. We're pushing each other toward following Jesus. And that you would meet people just like you. And I get, you've tried this seven times. It hasn't worked. I get it. So what? Try it again. Do it until you find it, but get into community, stretch and grow your faith. And, and I am seriously gonna end with this. You have no idea. We have no idea what hangs in the balance. But here's what I do know. That God has uniquely equipped us. And if you don't play your part, I'll make it specific to you. If we don't play our part as a church, there will be some people who will never, ever engage the church. And consequently, they'll never engage Jesus. And you've been placed where you've been placed and our church for whatever reason has been placed where we have been placed with a unique kind of opportunity and a unique calling to reach some people that nobody else is reaching. Let's play our part well. Let's steward it well. And come on, some of you believe this with me and this is why I'm so passionate about this. We believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. We believe that Jesus can transform any life and some of us have gotten a front row seat to see that that he can redeem any past. I had a guy stop me right before I was coming on stage for service, literally. And he's like, I, I met you a few months ago and the first thing out of my mouth was, I just got out of prison. He's like, I've been embarrassed for several months that I told you that. He's like, I just felt like if you're coming to church, you should just lead with that. And I was like, that's awesome. But I just tell you, I never, bl I never blinked an eye at that because this is the best place for you. And he went on to tell me that over the last months that he's gotten involved in a community group. And he's begun to serve and God's begun to transform his life. We get a front row seat to believing that God can redeem any past, that he can give any individual first, second, or 50th chance because his love is relentless. It is unending and it never runs out. And so let's not just be a church that talks about marginalized, hurting people, people with doubts or people that are just stagnant in their faith. Let's actually reach them. Let's actually give our lives away. Let's, let's actually, the value of your life at, at some level, to quote a mentor of mine, is gonna be determined by how much of it you give away. Let's give away our life. Let's be the church that actually, we actually care about our city. 
We actually believe that everybody lives forever somewhere. We actually believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. And we have no idea what hangs in the balance, but we know this next year, there's gonna be a bunch of people baptized. And that there are gonna be kids for the first time who are gonna raise their hand and they're gonna place their faith and trust in Jesus. And it's gonna anchor their life for the next five decades. And students for the first time are gonna know that God has a meaning and a purpose and a plan for their life. We are stewards of the greatest message on planet earth. And so often the church has gotten in the way of that message. Let's get out of the way. Let's remove every barrier. Let's just make Jesus the lead story. And I believe we will turn, whatever our run is, I'm hoping for me the next decade or two, we will turn a region, maybe beyond upside down with the message of Jesus. But we need you to be a part of that. So will you engage? Will you engage? Will you be a part? If you would stand with me and I just wanna pray over you and over us as, as the team comes and we're gonna close it out. Jesus, I just pray right now for however this stirs. This is gonna sound a little insensitive, but for those of us who are followers of Jesus, I pray that you would not let us rest until we join you on mission that you have a hope and a future for us. You have given a us a destiny, a plan, and that to live our lives outside of it is kind of insane. And so we surrender and we commit to following you. And God, I pray with everything in, we, in me and in us that we would lead a movement here that would not be about us, it would be about Jesus, and that we would turn a city, a community, a region upside down. That's the thing that you've placed on our heart. And as we're about to sing, we believe that you can be taken at your word, that you're gonna do it, that you are able, that you are able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, according to the power that is at work in us. And so we give you praise and glory for what you're, you have already done. And we look with vision and expectancy and hope to the, the level that we're willing to be obedient for all that you're going to do in the future. And so God, do your thing, get all of the glory. And we pray this in Jesus' incredible name. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways? First, if you would just spread the word, share this message with your friends, family. Maybe you could go rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, but this helps us so much more than you know. And secondly, this ministry is supported by people like you through their financial generosity. And so if you've been impacted by any of these messages, would you consider giving to support the mission and vision of Centerpoint to see people reach with the radical grace of Jesus? You can give today on our website at centerpointfl.org. And again, that's centerpointfl.org.